Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus, of course. You think I'm kidding? In the book of Revelation, we hear Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, right? Knock, knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Now, while we can refuse to open the door, there is one thing we cannot do, and that is to get rid of Jesus, to remove him from that door. Knocking, 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 persistently and patiently knocking, he will keep on knocking until the day of our last heartbeat. By the way, every heartbeat is a knock. Jesus is knocking. And then on that last day, that last hour, he will knock for the last time. And no one can tell when he will come with that last knock. But after that, he will knock no more. By that time, our eternal destiny will have been decided. Today he knocks as Savior, then as judge. Now what is it that makes Jesus knock? The answer is love. God is love. Everything he does comes from the fact that he loves us. And he loves you and me more than we shall ever be able to fathom. So the knock is one of love. Someone wrote so beautifully, let me quote, The knocks he gives may be many or may be few, but all his knocks are timed and weighted with wondrous love. They may come in childhood. They may come in school days. They may come in early adulthood, or in middle age, or in ripe old age, but whenever they come, they are timed with perfect judgment. His knock may be soft or gentle, or it may be loud and adamant, but the knock that makes him knock is always the same. Close quote. And the hand that knocks is a scarred hand, and the feet which stand on the threshold still bear the print of nails. He knocks as the crucified Savior who loved us and gave himself for us. But he knocks also as the risen, the Pandocrator Christ. The Apostle John has already described him this in the first act chapter of Revelation as he saw Jesus in a very inspired vision. His eyes were like flaming fire, he says, and his feet like burnished brass. His voice, he said, thundered like breakers on the rocks, and his face was radiant like the sun, shining in full strength. No wonder John fell to his feet before that vision. And it is hard to understand how a God of such majesty and such 
power could ever stoop so low as to come and knock outside the door of poor, blind, naked beggars like us. Why does Jesus knock? What is his purpose? What does he want to do for us when we open the door for him? Part of the answer is given in the verse that we just mentioned. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him or her. And there we have part of the answer. He wants to come to us, come into us, and not just to come in, for he goes on to say, and I will dine, have dinner with him or her. He wants to come in to establish a close, personal, intimate relationship with us, to restore us to the intimate communion with God for which we were created from the very beginning, to make us by grace what he is by nature. So he knocks, seeking to come as the light of the world to dispel the inner darkness of our soul. And he knocks, seeking to enter as Savior, to forgive us, to cleanse us, to relieve us, and release us from that terrible burden of guilt. It is not the knock of a tyrant who comes to rob us of joy. And it is not the knock of a dictator who comes to deprive us of freedom. In fact, he comes to give us even more freedom. It is rather the knock of one who said, I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He knocks to bring vigor and power to anemic Christians. He knocks to fill us with all the fullness of God's presence. It is no wonder that St. John Chrysostom said once, listen to this one-liner, it deserves to be placed on the refrigerator door. He said, find Jesus at the door of your heart and you will find paradise. I'll repeat it. Find Jesus at the door of your heart and you will find paradise. Now, what is this knock of God on the door of our souls? How can we identify it? There are several kinds of knocks. Let's mention some of them very quickly. Robert Browning, with his profound spiritual insight, knew how closed we humans can become to higher influence, how secure and settled we can become in our materialistic ways. But he also noted that, quote, to use his words, just when we are safest, there's a sunset touch, a fancy from a flower bell, someone's death, a chorus ending from Euripides. And that's enough for 50 hopes and fears as old and new at, as, at once as nature's self to wrap 
and knock and enter our soul. Close quote. That sunset touch, that flower bell, someone's death, what is it but God knocking on the door? Jesus comes knocking at our heart's door in many, many ways. He knocks, for example, through our failures. Simon Peter never really opened his life to Jesus until he had failed. He was too self-sufficient, too cocky. But one morning, after a shameful failure, when he had denied Jesus three times, he heard the gentle knocking as Jesus came to him and said, Simon Peter, do you love me? Sometimes we're so proud and pleased and filled with ourselves that we have no room for him. Then perhaps suddenly our health fails or we lose our possessions or our job or one of our children goes astray or our home is broken up or a loved one dies and we are self-sufficient no longer. Then we may hear his knocking. Then we may come to realize that Jesus is trying to get our attention. He's trying to tell us something. He's knocking. Another way he knocks is through our sorrows. How many people have said that in the midst of deep sorrow, they have felt the presence and the power of God as they have never felt it before? And C.S. Lewis expressed this beautifully when he said, quote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Close quote. So he knocks through a sunset touch, through failure, through adversities, through sorrow, through death. He knocks also through a vision of our better selves and our sense of inadequacy because we become disgusted and, and, and ashamed of the life we have been living. And we come to realize that we were made for something better. But our efforts to change seem hopeless and futile till he comes to fill us with power from on high. He knocks also through the lives of others when we come in contact with the great saints of the church and we come in contact with them on the church calendar every day, or when we come into contact with some person bigger, greater than ourselves, we're inspired and we're strengthened and we're uplifted. It is God knocking on the door, inviting us to climb higher in our spiritual life. He knocks also through the lives of others. When we come in contact with the great saints of the church, and we come in contact with them on the church calendar every day, or when we come into contact with some person bigger, greater than ourselves, 
we're inspired and we're strengthened and we're uplifted. It is God knocking on the door, inviting us to climb higher in our spiritual life. He knocks also through the negative influences of other people. I'm sure that the example of Judas, Judas has caused many to be loyal to Christ. Because when we see someone who had been so close to Jesus fall, we realize how easily we too may fall. Let him who thinks he stands beware lest he fall, writes the Apostle Paul. On the back of the bulletin this morning on the back page, I included something from a book I'm presently reading. It's a book entitled Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home. Every once in a while, a truly great book on prayer comes along. And this one just came along within this, these past few months. And it is a classic, and I do recommend it to your reading. He explains in these few paragraphs what Jesus wants to do and what he will do if we open the door to him. Let him come in. Let, let's read the back page of the bulletin. God has graciously allowed me to catch a glimpse into his heart. And I want to share with you what I have seen. Today the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weaves over, weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. And he is inviting you and me to come home to come home to where we belong, to come home to that for which we were created. His arms are stretched out wide to receive us. His heart is enlarged to take us in. For too long we have been in a far country, a country of noise and hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove, a country of frustration and fear and intimidation. And he welcomes us home, home to serenity and peace and joy, home to friendship and fellowship and openness, home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation. We do not need to be shy. He invites us into the living room of his heart where we can put on old slippers and share freely. He invites us into the kitchen of his friendship where chatter and batter mix in good fun. He invites us into the dining room of his strength, where we can feast to our heart's delight. He invites us into the study of his wisdom, where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions we want. He invites us into the workshop of his creativity, where we can be co-laborers with him, working together to determine the outcomes of events. He invites us into the bedroom of his rest where new peace is found and where we can be naked and vulnerable and free. It is also the place of deepest intimacy where we know and are known to the fullest. Amen. So let me conclude by saying that as many as are the heartbeats of a lifetime, are the knocks 
of Jesus on the door of our soul. From birth to the day we die, he will be knocking. Whether it be through failure or pain, through the example of a saint or a sinner, through a majestic dawn or sunset or the death of a loved one, through sorrow or through joy, whether it be loud or soft, in youth or ripe old age, it will always be there, that knock of love, seeking to come closer to us, seeking to come within us, to replace our inadequacy with his adequacy, our darkness with his light, our sin with his forgiveness, our despair with his hope, and our sorrow with his joy. Let us pray. How can I ever thank you, dear Jesus, for the love that makes you the infinitely great God stand behind the door of my soul and knock it is a persistent knock because of your never-ending love for me. It is a painful knock with nail-pierced hands and feet that paid the price of blood for my salvation. How can I keep you waiting outside when you desire so much to come in and dine with me? Come, Lord Jesus, like Zacchaeus, and dine with me, that my life may never be the same again. Amen.